When injury takes you out of the game, it's time for your team to step up. At Alina Health Orthopaedics, you'll get expert care backed by a whole health system of providers with convenient locations, virtual options, and an app that gives you 24-7 access to your records, test results, and care team. You're always close to care and the care that you need. Schedule now at alinahealth.org slash ortho. I'm Ike Parra, and you're listening to The Sound of the Loons. afternoon or evening depending on when this finds you welcome to the sound of the loons podcast presented by alina health orthopedics i'm steve mcpherson and i'm joined by cal williams cal we've had some time to get refreshed now feels like a lot of time because of the pace of games we've gotten used to and now the audi 2020 mls cup playoffs are upon us with playing games beginning friday and minnesota united preparing to face the colorado rapids at allianz field on sunday at 6 30 p.m central time here but I'm going to start with a complaint. We used to record this in a, in a, a room uh, with just the two of us, sometimes joined by producer Tyson Hill. Um, and it was audio and no one ever saw us. And now I have to get dressed to do this and I hate it. That's all I wanted to complain about. Yeah, I showered just because. You know, I would, yeah, I wouldn't have otherwise. You know, we had our marketing meeting this morning, didn't we? And I had a beanie hat on because my hair was all over the place. It was 10 o'clock in the morning and I was just like, shower for this, you know, who needs to do that? So, yeah, I agree with that. Um, Although, you know, I I must admit it is quite nice to be able to have an excuse to dress up and dress up, you know, just stick something normal on as opposed to, you know, tracksuit bottoms or sweatpants, you know. But, um, yeah, uh, it is slightly irritating, but, you know. Hey, it's better to have a reason for something than have no reason at all. Sure. I was also wearing a hat in the marketing meeting this morning. I um, I did not shower. I had planned to work out today, and then I got sucked into work too quickly, and I didn't get away from it to work out. So instead, I just showered, which is kind of like working out. So huh. maybe, I'll, maybe I'll try it later on, or I'll just go tomorrow morning. So um, I have relaxed... Uh, workouts at my house now so I you know I don't be, I don't have to go anywhere now that I've acquired some kettlebells I've acquired some 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 bar some dumbbells and things like that so I just work out here so ah, okay well I was, I was just about to ask what kind of stuff are you doing um I I don't know if we're allowed to do this actually or not because of advertisement and stuff but hey ho um what I will say I so I, I tend to go to well I guess they're a partner so I, myself and my wife go to uh, Lifetime quite a lot um we enjoy it it's very very good and uh, I've gotten very, very much into spin classes, Steve. I must admit, they are exceptional. Yeah. Um, it's like a workout, unlike anything else I've ever had. So I must admit, I do enjoy that. Um, and there's a Monday class that myself and my wife do, uh, which is called kind of like a uh, kickboxing cardio type thing, which is quite good as well, because I used to be utterly useless at it. And now that I've gotten into a rhythm, it's, it's quite enjoyable. So, um, yeah, anyway who's looking for a really good workout uh, i can't recommend lifetime enough it's really really good the classes are wonderful facilities are amazing so um yeah i'm going to go there afterwards and uh, i'm looking forward to a spin class this evening <laughs> there you go 
Uh, this podcast also is supported by yeah. <laughs> not supported by Lifetime Fitness, but but it's good. I've been a Lifetime Fitness member in my life. It's uh, it's 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 a great spot. Uh, you're also putting me to shame with your sponsor reads. I uh, I'm gonna just have my game for my uh, mid podcast reads here. Uh, you're obviously a pro <laughs> at this. All right, let's move on to some soccer. Let's talk about. Uh, loons on the world stage a little bit. I wanted to touch on this. Um, some, you know, so the overview, we're going to talk about this a little more when we talk about the game coming up. Uh, four Minnesota United players went uh, on international duty and we thought that they weren't going to be available, but now MLS has announced that uh, they're going to charter, have charter flights for these players. Uh, so they shouldn't, they're not leaving quarantine. They should be okay to play. So Hopefully everybody comes back okay and we can have all these players back. So it's changed the tenor of watching these international games a little bit. It's a little less bittersweet. Fine performances. I believe both Ludd and Gregorich had uh, game winners uh, this past week. Is that is that correct? I think they did. That's correct. Jan Gregorich scored the winner from distance against Scotland. And Robin Lourdes uh, was able to score a goal from inside the box against Bulgaria. Um, who later got themselves a goal. Um, in the game, which uh, made it 2-1. But uh, yeah, essentially, Lerd got rid of the winning goal. And, and now I'm watching Robin Lerd, who's just appeared on my on my screen, on ESPN Plus, for, for those wondering, um, and those watching it live right now. Um, and Wales have just taken the lead over Finland in Cardiff. Uh, but Robin Lerd, again, starting for the Finns and looking very, very good. Um, it's been an impressive uh, and encouraging international break spell uh, for the international loons. Um, Obviously, Juan uh, Mamitinier was um, up against the uh, Ivory Coast or, or Côte d'Ivoire, depending on where you're from in the world. Um, and um, they were uh, not so fortunate against them in the African Cup of Nations qualifying. Um, I saw the highlights of a thrilling 4-4 tie between Nigeria and Sierra Leone as well, yeah. which you know, at one stage, Steve, Nigeria were, were winning 4-0 in, in Benin City in, in Nigeria. And um, uh, I, I thought to myself, well, this is an awful day for Sierra Leone and a terrible way for Kai Kamara to um, re-establish himself on, on the international scene. And, and, and all of a sudden they got themselves four goals and, and tied it 4-4, so, which is a massive result for Sierra Leone against a team like Nigeria who are consistently in the World Cup and, and are one of the dominant forces in, in AFCON, uh, in African uh, football in general. Um, so, uh, you know, I think it's been a successful period for, for the international loons. I really do. And, you know, as you mentioned, Jan Gregor is doing very well, scoring a goal against Scotland, who just a few days prior to that had qualified for the Euro 2020 as well. And uh, Slovakia have qualified for Euro 2020 after beating Northern Ireland as well. And Jan Gregor played a part in that as well. So I think it's been a good international break for a lot of these players. And as you said, now we're hearing um, that, that they are going to be available as well. I saw Kai Kamara's social media Instagram story that he was on a on a chartered flight. Uh, I don't know if he was, I'm assuming he was flying somewhere like Paris or Amsterdam or somewhere where he can connect it to get into the US. I, I don't know, but he was on a chartered flight anyway um, in uh, in Freetown in, in Sierra Leone. So um, a lot of traveling for these guys to do over the course of the next few days. And, and here's hoping uh, that everything will be okay. They test negative when they return. And um, they're available and, and, and good to go against Colorado on Sunday. Yeah, the, uh, the I heard about the game. I haven't gotten to watch any of the clips. I was just looking up some 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 stuff on it online. But um, yeah, that was an amazing result for Sierra Leone. A little sad for me as I really enjoy Nigeria as as a team and I really enjoy their kit. I have a Nigeria kit from the last World Cup because um, it was so awesome. Um, but uh, you know, obviously disheartening for Nigeria. Great for Kai and, and, and Sierra Leone. I mean, I, it's 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 the kind of thing where. 
obviously rest is very good for teams to get this little bit of rest before they head into the, um, you know, for, for playing, but with these guys playing, maybe give them a little boost, you know, like coming off of obviously good performances, um, you know, winning performances for the teams. Obviously the travel is probably a detriment overall to some extent, but keeps them fresh, get good results in there. So hopefully they're available. We'll talk about it in a little bit. One other thing I wanted to touch on the new Austin FC Jersey. Have you seen it? Yeah, I knew you'd bring this up. Um, so I purposely went on the website, on the MLS website to have a look. And yeah, it looks lovely, doesn't it? It's a really it nice grip. And um, look, I, I'm sure in, in your role, Steve, as well, you, you're hearing a lot of little different things, particularly in, in your part of the industry, uh, about Austin FC. Uh, they just seem like a very impressive out, outfit. And, um, you know, the, the ownership group there are going to splash some cash um, it's getting to that stage now. I think it was an article on, on was it the league website or ESPN or somewhere that was talking about the, the lack of player movement. They've still only got two players. Yeah. Um, but you know, after the um, MLS Cup final, a few days after that, you've got the expansion draft, uh, which Minnesota United don't have to worry about because obviously they they lost a player in the last iteration of it to Nashville. Um, but I, I think we'll start to see the roster for, for Austin FC um, get thicker over the course of the next couple of weeks, which is not surprising. Um, but I, whoever signs for Austin, they will be going into what seems like a very ambitious project, lovely stadium. The fan base seems to be there already, and they're going to be playing in a lovely kit as well. Yeah. Yeah, that kit is really – the green and black is one of my favorite color combos. I have a pair of Pumas. We're mentioning a lot of things that are not – I also wear Pumas. I just wear Adidas, but – sorry, Adidas. Um, but I have a lovely pair of Pumas that predate my employment by Minnesota United that are black and, and sort of that green, sort of uh, not neon green and not uh, Kelly green. It's maybe a little Kelly green, a little brighter than Kelly green. Uh, it's a great-looking kit. It's very simple, you know, stripes up and down, uh, you know, shades of obviously your, your AC Milan and you know or inter milans or those sort of classic kits by, by those clubs just very simple uh clean it says yeti on it which is a company that makes um water bottles but it also just is a cool word so <laughs> so good on them um and we've seen i think the expansion draft i think we've seen that I think it's better now, uh, you know, for teams. I think if you just look at the fact that that MLS rosters overall, the depth has just gotten better and better, that you're picking up better players who can't make it onto the pitch for a certain team um, or are just not on a team's future plans. Um, it's an ideal situation for guys who are maybe veterans, um, you know, looking to provide clubhouse stability, experience in MLS. I think we've seen that over the last couple of years for expansion teams. You just can't have enough MLS vets who know what the schedule is like, know what the travel means, know how to be part of a team like that. So I think that, I mean, I think we're seeing, you know, as even as the, 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 the number of teams is expanding, the pool is getting deeper of talent in MLS. And so I think that expansion draft provides a good route forward for building a team. Absolutely it does. I think from a Minnesota point of view, Steve, the best expansion draft pick that I, I was I was devastated we didn't see a lot more of in a loons kit was Mohamed Saeed, who obviously was traded ironically to Colorado Rapids um, yeah. after three, four months with Minnesota United. Um, I, I, I thought he was a good player and, and obviously the, the trade needed to be done at that time because Minnesota needed some stability and, and more MLS experience. I think it was for, for Mark Birch and Sam Cronin, I believe. Um, yeah. He was part of that 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 trade deal. But, um, yeah, you know, I think, look, as you quite rightly say, the depth, and I say this with all due respect to previous players that have gone in the expansion draft, but um, because the, there has been players in the past that have gone that have been really good. I remember in, in 2012 when 
Seth Sinovic was picked up by Montreal Impact and, and Kansas City had to do a trade, which meant bringing him back and sending Debiano over to Montreal and, and what have you, you know. And um, so, so there is value in, in the expansion draft. And, and as we've heard Adrian Heath say it several times, we've heard several coaches say it over the course of the last few years. Um, sometimes you can't put a price on experience. And having these individuals that have played in Major League Soccer for a long time and understand the, the wants and needs throughout a, a, an entire season, at times I could see the argument for them being invaluable for sure. Yeah. All right, let's move on to uh, the matter at hand. Uh, Colorado Rapids uh, come to Allianz Field to face Minnesota United this weekend. Obviously, we touched on it. The real game changer here is getting those international players back from Minnesota. It's uh, sort of impossible to understate how important that is, uh, given that along with LAFC, Minnesota United have the most players unavailable, um, including, to me, I, th- I feel like losing, if you were going to miss Robin Lud, that was going to be I, you know, crazy to find myself, not that I was ever a doubter of Robin Lud, but if you had said before the season that Robin Lud would be like a key goal scorer for Minnesota United, uh, it probably would have not sounded quite right, but he's second on the team in, in scoring right now. And then has combined with Gregoosh for 11 assists. He's, you know, right up there in the assist department. So um, it's huge. Uh, I think that before the, you know, hoping that these, obviously there's still things to deal with, you know, they're playing games right now. We don't want anybody to come out with injuries or anything like that. If everybody comes back, I really like their chances before I wasn't too high on Minnesota United's chances, missing those four players going into this game. Yeah, I found myself trying to put together what I thought would be the starting eleven if one or two players would have come back from injury. And, and it was a big if as well that, you know, the likes of Ozzy Alonso and Hassani Dalson, were they going to be available? Jacory Hayes, was he going to be available? We, we, we didn't have any idea, really. Uh, we were hoping Michael Boxall would be available. A shinned Chase Gasper would come back. But there was no real certainty about anything, really, was there, Steve? And, you know, I, I think... Um, it, it certainly gives Minnesota United an element of stability moving forwards. Um, we all know how important the players are that you just mentioned that are away that, that will now hopefully be available. Um, I, I would err on the side of caution, though, just in case, like I said, I mean, it, it, as far as I'm aware, they still have to, to test negative twice um, before they can play. So here's hoping that's the case. Um, doesn't mean it's, it's impossible that, I mean, with all the travelling they've done, it doesn't, you know, it, it is a possibility that somebody could have contracted the virus, you know. So um, I, I think um, what I will say is well done to Major League Soccer for finding some way of making this happen. Because at the end of the day, Steve, um, I, I was quite confused as to why they did it the way they did it at, at the start. Because I thought to myself, you, you surely want your best product available on the field. So why, why not move the season back a week or so? And, and this is me. Speaking purely naively, maybe there was a, a legitimate reason why they couldn't do it that I'm not aware of. But um, I thought that would solve the initial problem, just moving the season back a week. And, and I know you're, you're getting into, you know, sort of mid to late December then, but it's 2020. You have to deal with whatever's thrown at you. Um, so clearly they figured out something with chartered flights and keeping those players in a bubble. Um, and, uh, you know the league have to be commended for this, you know, and, and, and especially if it ends up being as, as safe as what people are saying it is, um, then <laughs> uh, I think it's a big thumbs up to Major League Soccer for making this happen. But um, let, let's wait and see first. Let's see if it is actually completely and utterly safe. Let's hope nobody contracts the virus on their travels. Let's hope everybody's negative, And let's hope they're available for the game on Sunday. 
Yeah. So uh, presuming, let's go forward talking about this as if everybody's available, because otherwise, as you said, we, we go down the, the rabbit hole of trying to f- speculate who can come back from injury. And it's it gets uh, very far away from anything we can know for sure pretty quickly. Um, last game against Colorado ended 2-1 because of an own goal. Uh, and that's the by Lalas Abubakar late in the game. That's the, the fifth the fifth one goal difference in a result between these two teams in eight games. It's a lot of tight games. So again, I'm expecting, I'm, 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 I'm hopeful about a result from Minnesota United, but I don't really expect it to be pretty between these two teams. It always seems to be scrappy and feisty. Yeah, I I can see that for sure. The only elements of consistency once again, Steve, um, and an area that I, I do expect to be, pretty and it may very well be the lone pretty part on the field but it is the three players that operate behind whoever plays at centre forward uh, one would assume that'll be Kai Kamara um, so again it, it presents a head scratching moment for Adrian Heath because what does he do does he does he go with Ethan Fenley on the right hand side does he go with Robin Lurth on the right hand side who as we've said is, uh, as he touches the ball here for Finland has, has had a very good spell um, with the national team and Finland um, look very, very good indeed, by the way. So well done to them and well done to Robin Lurt, uh, who's nearly just scored there, by the way. Um, <laughs> um, he, he is, whatever he's, whatever he's doing, keep doing it because um, whatever he's eating for breakfast, keep doing it because <laughs> it's clearly working for it's him. It's not like herring or something, right? Isn't that, I feel like... Well, yeah, 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 yeah like I don't know. But, um, <laughs> but that, that would be the, the real question mark there. And it's a good question mark to have because you've got two players who are both worthy of, of starting, Mike, in Infinity and Words. Because you can't drop Reynoso because we've all seen what he does. You can't really drop Molino, in my opinion, as well, after the weekend that, that he had in the last game as well. Um, so that's the real head-scratcher there. What does he do? And, and we, we've spoken about this before, Steve, as well, in the sense that Lerd and Finlay, that they, they offer two very different games, um, thus meaning two very different propositions as well. So it depends what they want to do. Um, you know, Sam Vines, who we're assuming will, will play at left-back for, for Colorado, he has done throughout the entirety of the season, so no reason why he wouldn't on Sunday. Um, you know, do does do Minnesota start with Robin Lourdes, um and allow him to tuck inside away from Vines and perhaps open up a different angle or two? Or do they say to Ethan Fenlay, right, we want you to press the living daylights out of this kid, stop him from advancing, which he will do if, if Robin Lourdes plays because Lourdes will obviously invert and tuck inside. Um, so does... Does Adrian Heath say, right, Ethan, you're starting and you're going to, to press and press and not give Sam Vines an inch of, of space at all? And you're also going to cause some problem because Ethan is still quite quick, Ethan Fenway is. Um, so, uh, and then does he bring on Robin Lurd or with the Lurd situation, does he then bring on Ethan Fenway up against somewhat of a jaded Sam Vines, one would imagine, you know? So, so that, that's the real question mark for me there, Steve, in terms of the, the attacking. Um, quartet, if you will, because mm-hmm. one would assume, again, that Kamara will start. He's, he's a recognised centre-forward. Um, no gentleman's agreement this time, so he will get the chance to play against his former club as well, so he'll want to prove a point there, no doubt. Um, he will be motivated, um, fresh from international football as well. His confidence will be, will be sky-high. Um, so one would assume he would start. Um, then it gets a little bit tricky elsewhere because, again, we're unsure of availability and injuries because we're not privy to information in terms of we're not allowed to go to training for, for the right reasons, of course. But 
again, assuming everybody is fit and available, you would have to go with Jan Gregus and Ozzy Alonzer. And I know that might be harsh on someone like Asani Dotson, but look, this, this is the simplicity of the situation is you have two veterans um, who are deemed first team starting 11 players. Mm-hmm. Um, you would assume Roma uh, Metanier would be at right back. You would assume Boxall would come back in after suffering that nasty cut on his leg. Um, me personally, I would slide uh, Bakay Dibassi in at centre back and have Gasper at left back, and obviously St. Clair will be in goal. That would be my pick, Steve. But <laughs> it's 2020. There are several issues that I'm sure will come up from now until the whistle to kick the game off. And who knows? But, but that's what I would go. I would go with as, as strong as available, with the only question mark being who plays on that right-hand side of, of the three behind the forwards. Yeah, we got We have to make the props though that it's 2020. It's only Wednesday, and the game is Sunday. So, <laughs> so many things could happen every day between now and then. Um, here's my proposal. I wrote this out. Uh, this was based on the success against FC Dallas. Um, I would. What I would do is start with Molino, Reynoso, and Lud, uh, left to right in that in that midfield behind Kai Kamara as the front four, and sort of try to get hold of the game that way. It's it's you know reliable. It's a strong it's a strong uh, you know way to start. You got again Kai Kamara, like you said. Not so far as a as a as a as a loon has not been tremendously productive. Although I think he's actually made a good contribution with you know his weight on the field in terms of drawing attention and things like that, his his hold of play and things other than scoring goals. But but you brought him in for this moment for these high leverage moments of a playoff game, and you know you know he's tall, he can get his head on a ball. Um, so put him in there, you know, see what happens with that. If there's nothing really going between the teams after that sort of first 15 minutes of the second half. I would pull Kamara at that point and put in Finlay and move Lud into that false nine if he played really successfully against FC Dallas. I think at that point, you know, hopefully Colorado's a little tired. Finlay runs him ragged. It's they're used to a traditional setup of of the three and one playing a false nine in that situation then sort of gums up whatever their plans might be partway through the partway through the second half. So, and it really it seemed to really work a treat against uh, against Dallas. So I think it's worth seeing again. Yeah, I agree with that, Steve. Um, and look, one of the main reasons I think it works so well against Dallas, for, for two reasons, really. Number one, I can't imagine for a second that Luchi Gonzalez would have prepared for a Robin Lord false nine situation. Um, I, I think, um, obviously, it wasn't announced until very late that, that Arnold Schoenfeld was uh, unavailable. I think that would have been the obvious one to come in. And of course, um, Foster Langsdorf was eventually available as well. Right. So the the obvious thing to think there would be that, that Minnesota would go with the natural centre-forward, but I think given the circumstances, they, they certainly made the right choice. Langsdorf, to my knowledge, Langsdorf, um, his quarantine had only cleared an hour before kickoff, so he drove from the stadium, or drove from the hotel to the stadium and was on the bench for the game, you know, and, and well done to him for, for coming on and, you know, getting himself about. Um, but yeah, I can't imagine Dallas would have prepared for a false number nine situation there, so it would have caused some problems for sure. Um, and uh, the other one, is, is the amount of attention Emmanuel Reynoso does, um, the, the amount of eyeballs that, that are on him, the amount of attention that he, he gains, has clearly given Minnesota United something to work with. He, he's clearly given the likes of, of Molino and Lord in particular um, so much space and different angles to work with that they perhaps didn't in the past. Mm-hmm. Reynoso, for me, Steve, is, and I know, again, I'm, I'm not being, um, you know, I'm not exactly breaking news here, but, but Reynoso really, really is on a different level. And there's a reason why he was playing for a team like Boca Juniors prior to coming to Minnesota, you know, and um, he's the best player the club have ever had. He really is. Um, 
have no reservations saying that whatsoever. And uh, I'm, I'm saying it against Dallas, and it's the same sort of situation here um, against Colorado now. You, you touched on it briefly there as well when you, when you spoke about Kai Kamara. You know, you bring in these types of players for these types of games, mm-hmm. for the big games that, that really matter and the must-win games, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I can see what you're saying there, Steve. I can really see what you're saying there. Um, the good thing is, is that Adrian Heath has an abundance of options and options he didn't think he was going to have until, what, 24 hours ago? <laughs> Yeah, Cal, I'm sure Adrian is uh, rather thrilled with with that news. I know he was uh, not not too pleased having to try to game plan for uh, for that game without those players. So uh, another big challenge uh, is in terms of facing Colorado. They have the second most road wins uh, in MLS, and they were, I believe they were seventh when decision day began, um, and they climbed up to fifth. Uh, you know, this is this is like house money. Like, I think they're just... Not, 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 not in the sense that they're just happy to be here, but uh, they obviously want to win the game. But they're sort of playing in a situation in which they're going on the road where they've won some tough games this, this year. Um, they leaped up. I think they're going to be loose and, and, and easy. They've got sort of, you know, every, everything to play for, but like not, no real pressure. Like what's the, what do you feel like is the challenge against facing a team like that? Like a team where they're, you know, we have – Minnesota United has gotten the fourth seed for the second year in a row, obviously lost to LA Galaxy in that in the first round last season, want to do better than that. They have this idea of, you know, we got to we got to better that that uh, that record last season. So there's pressure. There's a little pressure on Minnesota United to be in the top seed at home and everything like that. What what do you think they have to do to sort of, uh, you know, disrupt Colorado? Well, I think the biggest issue Minnesota United will run into is the momentum that Colorado have, have gained over the course of the last couple of weeks, Steve. Um, and as I look into my notes here, the last time um, Minnesota beat Colorado, which, as you mentioned, was that 2-1 win at uh, Arleans Field um, last month, they've gone on and beaten Seattle Sounders. They've won away at Portland and Houston as well. These aren't easy places to, to go, uh, and it's certainly not easy to beat Seattle as well. So... Um, I think they come in to plenty of form, plenty of confidence. And it was interesting. I was chatting to somebody who I know quite well at the Rapids, um, or what was it, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and um, made an interesting point, actually, that, you know, obviously it was a worry and it was an issue and a concern when they got the COVID tests and there were as many as, what was it, eight, 18 people amongst the organisation that, that were testing positive for the virus. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a big problem. That's a massive problem. Um, they came out the other end and, and obviously survived it and, um, and have been able to, to continue play when, when there was the suggestion at one stage that they were just going to forfeit the season. Um, so nobody wanted that. And I... I I think more than anything, what I latched onto was the opinion that actually, because of this little break, yes, no doubt they weren't as sharp as they as they could have been. We, we saw that in our game, and then prior to that game against Kansas City, when they were thumped four 0 as well, it was obvious they hadn't played together for a while, and they were lacking a bit of sharpness and fitness. But once they regained that sharpness and fitness, Steve, actually, more than anything. I think it was quite, quite refreshing for them to come back because it's almost like they did have a little bit of a break. And, and no doubt psychologically it would have been hell because many people, as they had, testing positive for the virus and stuff, you know, it's a worry. But actually now because of, of, of the ability to have somewhat of a break, um, I think a lot of players have been quite refreshed with it. And it's almost like they're starting again and, and it's almost like a new breath of fresh air really for them. So... Um, you cannot underestimate Colorado Rapids in this game. 
had we have stuck with the initial understanding that the international players weren't available, I had said previously, Steve, that I would have preferred Minnesota to play LAFC at Allianz Field mm-hmm. because they would have been, as you said, without an abundance of players as well. And thank goodness that wasn't the case because now they will be um, fully locked and loaded, won't they? Um, but I would have probably said Colorado would have been the one I wouldn't want to face <laughs> yeah. because, to my knowledge, they've only, they've only lost Diego Rubio to international duty um, and now he'll be available anyway, so, so that doesn't matter too much. Um, but they will have had the chance to have been a unit and train consistently. Um, there'll be no further COVID issues for them since the, the rather large one that they had to deal with uh, several months ago. Um, the Rapids always have this sort of underdog mentality as well, you know, because they are in a market where, you know, um, it doesn't get the attention it deserves, much like mm-hmm. Minnesota. Um, but I, I wonder, Steve, is, is this is this the first time? Is this is this the biggest game? in Minnesota United history, where they are not considered the underdog? It's possible. I was just, it just brought me back to last year where every week was the biggest game in Minnesota United history. Oh, yeah. That was, which was a funny stretch where like each win sort of pushed it to (laughs) the next week. But yeah, I mean, even if they, even though they were home against the Galaxy playing Zlatan Ibrahimovic last year, you felt like they were not the favorites. Um, so, yeah, they are sort of playing the the David role in this situation now, which is sort of an unfamiliar one uh, for Minnesota United. It'll, it's going to be interesting to see, Cal. Like, I, I agree with you. Colorado, I think that that, that sort of that playing with house money feeling also enhanced by the fact that probably in the midst of their COVID issues, you know, who knew what was going to happen? Maybe they weren't even going to be able to finish the season. Like, we didn't know that it was going to go to points per game. They obviously qualified based on straight points as well by the end. But, um, but you know, like, maybe they weren't going to be able to finish the season, and now they are. So it's like it's a second lease on life. I think, for my money, I think Minnesota United, I mean, and this is hardly rocket science, but you really got to come out on the front foot and just sort of make it uncomfortable for Colorado. I think you just can't let that – you got to gum it up. You got to press them on everything play tough, tight, just make it not a fun game to play. If you let them have space, they're going to start passing. They're going to feel their oats. You know, they've got a solid midfield combination. Like they're, they're going to, they're going to just play and they'll have fun. Don't let them have fun. Make them think about it. Make them work for it. Um, Adrian and, and the team has shown an ability to play ugly when they need to. And I think this is one of those situations where like, even with, even if getting, you know, I think before you, you were going to have those four guys from international duty, definitely gum it up. But even with them, I would say just make it tough and unfun for Colorado to play that game. I think the biggest thing for me here, Steve, in terms of on the field, is this is assuming Jack Price plays. You have to, if you can't stop it, you certainly have to limit the amount of times the ball gets into the feet of Jack Price. Because yeah. if you look at his, at his game from a statistical point of view, um, he's the one that makes the Rapids tick. He really is. Um, I think I saw something the other day where he's, got something like this this campaign his passing accuracy was something along the lines of 92 percent complete or something along those lines it was very very impressive number um and because he will sit deeper he will dictate that they've got two very good wide players who have played consistently out wide in in Shin Yashiki and, and Lewis um who can cause problems and get in behind um we know how Minnesota play with with the overlapping fullbacks that could be an issue for them but for me, you, you have to stop the ball getting into the feet as much as you can of, of, um, of Jack Price. And so that, that actually brings us back to what I was saying earlier on, Steve, about 
I wonder in the centre of midfield, I, I know earlier on I said, you know, Ozzy Alonso and, and Jan Grigish, one would assume that Ozzy Alonso would be more than up for the task of, of stopping the ball getting into the feet of, of Price. But we've also seen in the past, Sani Dotson do quite a good job at that. And he's obviously younger, he's, he's fresher, um, he is quicker than Alonso. Um, obviously, Alonso reads the game better. Um, so I wonder, is it in the mindset of the coaching staff to perhaps play Hassani Dotson in there um, with the mindset of, right, all you're going to do is follow Jack Price around and not let him get the ball at all. So if that's the idea, then maybe Ozzy Alonso would be the, the better um, perpetrator. Like, who knows, Steve? But the point is here is that you have to stop the ball getting into the feet of Jack Price or, or at the very least limit it because he is really the engine room for Colorado Rams. Yeah, absolutely, Cal. I think that we saw in, in I mean, particularly in MLS's back tournament, Hassani Dotson playing that role of sort of advanced destroyer against Darlington Nagby uh, to some success against uh, Magnus Eriksson in uh, San Jose. Just keeping that guy who's sort of the deep line playmaker from getting comfortable on the ball. That also comes down to, and again, that's another thing that actually both Reynoso and Ludd do very well as attacking midfielders is be that first line of defense um, switching back and taking care of guys trying to get the ball out of the back. So it's a thing that's got to work between, you know, that, that midfield and then also the attacking midfield. Um, you make those guys, again, it's, it's as simple as making your attackers also play defense. And, and I think if they can do that, they can have success. I agree. Jack Price is absolutely sort of, uh, you know, the, the engine that makes that, that, that offense tick. Um, solid defense as well. I mean, Lawless Mubakar, I felt terrible for him. He's a great young player uh, doing great things out in Colorado. Um, it's going to be, you know, as Adrian Heath says every time, it's like it gets it gets no easier. It's not uh, we know what to expect. It's not going to be any different. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a tough game, but I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I can't wait, Steve. And um, you know, if this was a regular league fixture, I, I would probably suggest that the Rapids would be happy and take a point here. But obviously, it's it's make or break. It's um, it's do or die. So, <laughs> so they will come here um, looking to be a little more expansive than they have been in the past. Um, but also that they will need a tremendous amount of discipline as well because you can't be as expansive as you would like to be at Allianz Field because you will get torn apart. So uh, I would preach patience. I think this could be, as you said, an ugly game a little earlier on. I could see that for sure. Um, but the one bit of comfort that Minnesota will have is that they know that they've got the three players behind the centre forward that will continue to play in the form uh, which they've they've played over the course of the last couple of, of weeks. There's there's no reason to to think otherwise. And um, if they can get the ball into Emmanuel Reynoso as much as possible, which now seems to be the way they operate in transition. Yes, they still get the ball out wide from time to time, no doubt. But particularly when when we saw Robin Lloyd against Dallas as well, um, when you don't have a target man, maybe they'll um, maybe they'll approach things a little differently with with Kamara starting potentially. Um, you know, they're not as reliant as, as going out wide as they used to be. And that's purely because they have a minor Reynoso now. And if Reynoso has a good game, it's more often than not Minnesota have a good game. So yeah. we'll wait and see. But Reynoso is absolutely vital to the course. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're going to take a little spin around the league after this. When injury takes you out of the game, it's time for your team to step up. At Alina Health Orthopedics, you'll get expert care backed by a whole health system of providers. With convenient locations, virtual options, and an app that gives you 24-7 access to your records, test results, and care team, you're always close to the care you need. Schedule now at alinahealth.org slash ortho. All right, let's talk about, uh, let's just sort of run down the games. We're going to run down matchups uh, this weekend, lightning round style. 
not spend too much time on anything, but just sort of spin through the games. Uh, first up is the play-in games, which happen on Friday uh, between the, the lower seeds out east. So uh, the first one is the New England Revolution versus Montreal Impact. Who do you like? My head, <laughs> my heart says Montreal. My head says New England. So we'll go with New England. Yeah, I was going to go to New England. I sort of, you know, who knows? Who knows exactly what matters at a moment like this? But I sort of have to go with the coaching experience here, Bruce Arena. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I feel like in the in the playoffs, defense is important, and uh, you know, head coaching experience is important. And I just feel like I'm going to go with Arena as as opposed to Henri, who's obviously great, but in his first year. So, all right, Nashville versus Miami, the expansion matchup. Everyone wanted one expansion team against another. Uh, who are you going in this one? I'm going with Miami, Steve, just because I think they've got much more quality than Nashville. No doubt Nashville have got some good bodies. Obviously, Walker Zimmerman was announced as the Defender of the Year, and quite rightly so. Um, but I just think Miami have got too much, especially if they can they can find the ball at Matuidi, who can make things happen as well. Um, you know, Pizarro is world-class. And um, if they can present a couple of chances to Higuain, there's no doubt he'll finish at least one or two of them. Yeah, this is a tough one. I, I'm picking Nashville right now. Um, again, based on the idea that defense often wins out in the postseason. But given that this is a play-in game and it's sort of the start of the postseason, I don't know if that obtains the same way. I sort of feel like maybe if you're looking at the final or, or late, a later game, like a conference final or a final, like a, the MLS Cup final, Again, a strong defense is something that can usually stifle, at least make it tough for a good offense to get get off um, a good shots. But again, it's the first game, and like you said, in terms of that quality that they have between those three players you mentioned, uh, it's 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 all to play for, I think, between the two of them. But I'm I'm picking Nashville for now. All right, Orlando City versus NYCFC. Guess what? Also, two expansion teams from the same season. They're meeting five years later. But in any case, uh, who do you have between the Lions and the Citizens? This is the one, Steve, where um, I, I, it, it's at Orlando, isn't it? Or yes, is it's a four, four or five matchup with Orlando as the higher seed, so yeah. Um, okay. Um, given that thought, I will go with Orlando. Okay. Um, That's fair. That's fair. I, and I really like Oscar Pereja, and I really like the job he's done. I'm going to go with NYCFC because they're really hot right now. They've, they've, you know, had sort of an up and down campaign, but are ending strong, um, you know, getting a lot out of guys who they didn't get a lot out of before uh, looking good. Um, I, I just sort of feel like the Orlando city arc has sort of had this, you know, rebirth, uh, you know, success at um, the MLS's back tournament, although they did not win it. I messed that up last week. I, I uh-huh. was mixing my stuff up, but they played in the final. Um, you know, and have had a great season, finally made the playoffs. Um, I just think that it's, they're just going to crash and burn right now in this, in this first round. I just have this feeling. So I'm picking, I'm picking the lower seeded team here. I'm picking NYCFC for the upset. All right. Columbus crew versus Red Bulls. Who you got? I'm going to go with the crew. Um, and this is purely based on the fact that this is a crew stadium, isn't it? Yes. This is purely based on the fact that it's it's at Crew Stadium, um, and the Red Bulls—they are the one franchise, Steve, that you 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 could probably identify them as the nearly men every single time because they always get to the playoffs. They just never do much in the playoffs. Right. It's a repeat of the 2008 MLS Cup, which Columbus won by three goals to one. I can see a similar scoreline for this game. 
Yeah, I like Columbus as well. Again, they were challenging for the supporter shield for a big chunk of the season. Um, dealt with, you know, had to deal with injuries to a bunch of key players, um, Zeller, Jean, Nagby at different points, Artur, um, you know, if, presumably with some rest, everybody healthy. Uh, hopefully, I just think they're they're going to look like they did for most of the season and they're going to beat the Red Bulls. So, all right, uh, let's go out west. Sporting Kansas City versus San Jose Earthquakes. Who do you like? They should be sporting Kansas City all the way, really, shouldn't it? Yeah. Um, but such is 2020. Um, is this the one where there is um, an issue presented? I don't know. Um, purely because they're at home and because there is an element of comfort with them when they play at home. Um, San Jose um, have been torn to ribbons in the past on the road, yeah. particularly this season as well. Um, I can see this being fairly comfortable for sporting Kansas City. Having said that, though, Steve, um, you have to give a pat on the back to uh, San Jose. Um, I mean, at one stage, we, we all wondered if, if they were going to finish bottom of the Western Conference. Yeah, for sure. Because they, they were woeful during the campaign at, at stages, you know, when they were conceding six and seven here and there, you know. Um, but still, I, I'm going to go for, um, for Sporting Kansas City. Now we know that Polito will be back as well. I think they've just got too much for San Jose. Yeah, I think that, again, this is one of those situations where it depends a lot on what San Jose team shows up and what SKC team shows up. You know, San Jose seems to be one of those teams that if you don't show up in the right frame of mind, the right sort of setup, they get, you know, getting what you want out of the game, they will take it to you. Um, I, I could see, I wouldn't be surprised if this were the one match up with the seventh, eighth seeded team where there is an upset, um, you know, but I would go SKC again at home at Children's Mercy Park. It's hard to bet against them. And, and Peter Burmese, I like SKC overall, um, you know, in, in the, the playoffs right now. So I'm going SKC as well. All right. Portland versus FC Dallas that is being played in Portland. What do you think? Um, this is another tricky one, isn't it? Um, do I do I go for the upset here, Stu? Um, Maybe you do. I think I might. I think I might go for the upset here. Okay. Um, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Pressure's on. Yeah. It's a toss of a coin, isn't it? it, it again, it is. Um, I'm going to go for the upset. Dallas. Okay. I respect it. I respect it. I, I'm going with Portland, but I also get the sense Portland is kind of one of those teams where you know, you know, Blanco is out. He looked dynamic. Diego Valeri's really stepped in. Um, I believe they, they lose Nishgoda also, I think. Yes, Nishgoda. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, they've been playing over their heads a little bit. They're older. They've always been an older team. Yumi Char has been great. But, again, it's one of those things where – experience helps you until suddenly it's like you just don't have the wheels uh in a game that the other team tries to you know and they've they've got to contend with probably michael barrios who again we talked about he's the ultimate pest but i still i'm gonna go portland um let's talk about i don't know if we need to touch on these individually obviously there's play in games for these two matchups but i really like philly or toronto against whomever gets into those playoff play-in games i don't know if you feel like any of those other teams have a chance no absolutely yeah for, for me um it, it's um, I can't remember the, the path in, in, at the top of my head at the moment, Steve. But for me, those two will go very far because I, th- I think I think Toronto are the most equipped. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they they've gone far for the last couple of years for a reason, and they've reinvested ever so well. Pozuelo, I think you and I were saying the other day that I would agree. For me, probably the the MVP of the league. 
uh, has been wonderful, again, with the, the players around him and certainly has, has stepped up when those around him have been absent as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the union are riding this tremendous wave, obviously now with the coach of the year, uh, Jim Curtin, um, and the supporters' shield in their trophy cabinet. Um, there's, a, there's the feel-good factor at Philadelphia, for sure. And, and well done to them, because those fans have been through a lot, for sure. But um, I, I would back them, especially because it's at home as well. I would yeah. back the union with whoever they go up against. Yeah. The path is a little complicated. It's, it's you know, because there's like a, a 7-10 and an 8-9 game. And right. whoever is lower seated who wins goes in against the, the, the higher right. seated, you know, against Philly. So it's good. Like, you don't really know. It's not the winner of one of those games goes. It's like... So it's complicated. We'll figure it out. It'll all be figured out by Saturday morning. So, all right, last game uh, of the first round, Seattle versus LAFC. Talk about your upset potential possibly here. Gosh. That's, um, I mean, it's tossed to the coin, isn't it? Again, I mean, where, where do you go here and why? I mean, it all depends on who turns up on the day. And especially now, as we've mentioned, that the international players will be available. Um, although I did see Diego Rossi tested positive for COVID, so I would, assume, I would assume he's probably unavailable, um, which could be a big issue for them. But the, for some reason, MLS comeback of the year player, Bradley Wright Phillips, is available to them. Um, not salty about that at all. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> Where did he come back from? Who knows? Who knows? Not scoring. Yeah. Having, having one, one subpar year, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, Love so. him. Great guy. Friend of the show. BWP. Anyways. <laughs> continue. Um, I just uh, I just think because of... And you're, you're right. It is a massive banana skip. A real banana <laughs> skip. But I just think because of... of oh Sanders aren't going into it in great form either. I mean... Ladero is fantastic for me. Ladero is um, alongside Pozuelo was the best ten in the league. Um, let's let's just um, you're going to say LAFC, aren't you? I have Seattle written down. I'm you know I'm not sure. I don't feel great about it. <laughs> okay, well just maybe I should go LAFC. I only my only upset I picked is NYCFC. I think so. Maybe I should go LAFC for this one. Are we writing these down, are we, brother? I don't know. I, I mean, I typed it. So okay, okay. all right. Well, because okay, so if that's the case, just for the spirit of competition, I'll go with LAFC. Okay, you go LAFC. I'll go Seattle. I'll stick chalk. We'll just see how it goes. So <laughs> winner buys the other one uh, a pack of Sterling or something like that. All right, sounds beautiful. I love it. <laughs> all right, uh, everybody, thanks for joining us for the 121st Sound of the Loons podcast presented by Alina Health Orthopedics. Minnesota United's next game is in the first round of the Audi 2020 MLS Cup playoffs as they welcome the Colorado Rapids to Allianz Field on Sunday, November 22nd at 6.30 p.m. You can watch that on ESPN and listen on Score North, which is where our friend Cal will be uh, calling the game. Be sure to leave us a nice review on iTunes or at the very least a five-star rating and follow the team on Twitter at MNUFC and Cal at CalWilliamsCom and me at Steve Entress. Apologies, as always, to Richard Wagner. And remember... There's only one person in this whole world like you, and people can like you exactly as you are.